Thank you for joining us today with Cindy Sherwood's podcast, Words for the Journey. Abandon yourself to God. I can't wait to get into our podcast today. Peter's story is a favorite of mine. Even though he was a person just like you and me, imperfect, God was able to use him in a mighty way. He was a pillar in launching the new church of Jesus Christ, something that was hard to imagine at the beginning of his story. When we first meet Peter, he's a fearful man, full of insecurity. After Christ returned to heaven, we see Peter as a man who is fearless, declaring the truth of God to anyone who will listen. How did Peter get to that place? Let's examine his journey. Peter was a fisherman. He and his brother Andrew had a fishing business along with James and John. And that's where we find Peter when he meets Jesus. Like many Bible characters, Peter's name had been changed. At this point in his story, he was called Simon. Luke 5, 1-8 Speaking of Jesus So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Right out of the gate, we see a ton of stuff happening. Jesus is just doing his thing, preaching to the people when he encounters a problem. The people are pressing in to the point he no longer has any space into which he can back up because he's standing on the edge of Lake Gennesaret, which is also called the Sea of Galilee. His eyes dart around looking for a solution when he spots Peter's boat and asks Peter to take him out a little way. Peter's fine at this point, at least until Jesus asks him to do one more thing. Let your nets down. Gee, sorry. Let your nets down one more time. Now keep in mind this is probably mid-morning because they've been out all night. And the reason they were out all night is because that's when you catch fish, not during the day. So if you came up empty at night, it was ridiculous to keep trying during the day. But God is famous for ridiculous ideas, at least in our perception. Not wanting to offend Jesus, he complies, probably expecting to prove his point, which was, there's no point fishing now. But Peter's in for a surprise. He's never fished before with the great fisherman. 
and he pulls up a catch so excessive he can hardly pull it in, even with everyone helping. When God blesses us, it is excessive. His generosity is over the top. So how did Peter respond? Did he say, wow, what a surprise that was, Jesus. Thank you. Not exactly. A tremendous amount of information began to instantly cycle through Peter's mind. Within minutes, he realized, okay, this is no ordinary preacher. He just did a miracle. But that can't be. Only God can do a miracle. Oh, wow. He must be God. That means I'm in the presence of God. But that can't be. I'm not worthy. I'm not holy. I've got to get out of here. Peter responded with fear. He's terrified. Why is he terrified? Standing next to holiness made him aware of his sinfulness. Peter doesn't really know Jesus yet, so he's looking at himself, not at Jesus. Even so, Jesus has plans for Peter. Continuing on, verses 9 to 11. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Peter's afraid. The whole thing doesn't set well with him. And his response is the desire to run in the opposite direction. Jesus could have said, Sit down, Peter, while I explain everything about who I am, who you are, and what God is doing here. But instead, he just cuts to the chase. Here's all you need to know for now, Peter. Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll catch men. We're changing careers, Peter, and we're going in a new direction. Now, catching fish and catching men really are not alike when you think of the skill set needed. This was going to be an interesting ride. Fear shows up another time with Peter, too. Matthew 14, 28 to 31 says, And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Believe me, I am not judging Peter. I would never have even thought to get out of the boat in the first place. Peter's faith already exceeds mine. Nevertheless, Jesus knows Peter's faith needs to grow as much as possible so he'll be ready when it's time for him to step into his God-given role. With that in mind, we see fear stopping Peter from completing the task, walking all the way to Jesus on the water. He began to sink, but cried out for Jesus' help, and Jesus caught him. Peter had faith. He did get out of the boat. 
He did declare the deity of Christ. Matthew 16, 16 says, Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Just like us, Peter is a mixture of true beliefs and false beliefs, areas of faith and areas of doubt. Are we not all a mixed bag of sorts? Fear wasn't Peter's only problem, though. His pride was a major issue as well. Peter had a tendency to assume his perspective was always the right perspective. Humility had not yet taken root in his heart. When Jesus tried to explain that he was going to suffer a great deal, Peter rebukes Jesus, saying, This shall never happen to you. Then there was the day Jesus took Peter, James, and John up the Mount of Transfiguration, and Elijah and Moses showed up. The moment is astonishing for sure. I mean, who would expect to see two prominent dead people standing there with them? But rather than let Jesus lead him, rather than let Jesus tell him what to do, Peter takes charge and announces there's going to be a building program. We're putting up three shelters for everyone to live in now that Moses and Elijah are back. But the incident most telling of Peter's pride, for me, is found in John 13, 6-9. Then he said to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, You have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Pride is a mind and heart condition that believes we know better than God, that we don't need him, that we are not truly dependent upon him, that we can handle things fine on our own. Peter always wants to be in charge. The problem is that we are of little use to God until we learn he is in charge. God never expected Peter to understand, but he did expect him to trust. Peter wanted to turn the tables and wash Jesus' feet, but Jesus sets him straight. Peter, you don't get it. I am the one who makes you clean, who makes you holy. You can't do this on your own. You're always dependent on my grace and mercy. You cannot help in my work if you don't get this. And to Peter's credit, he did get it. Got it, so give me the full body wash. That's the beautiful thing about Peter, the thing that gives me so much hope. Even when he was going off in another prideful direction, he listened when Jesus corrected him and called him back to center. Peter learned. He let Jesus mold him. He definitely has a measure of faith. He did leave his fishing business to follow Jesus. He did believe Jesus was the Son of God. Peter's looking more like a rock and less like the old Simon every day. Along the way, Jesus is working on Peter's pride and fear, and he does it by revealing his power, truth, and love to Peter every time Peter gets off track. Jesus needs Peter to abandon his own will and choose to submit to God before he can begin his new career as a fisher of men. 
and it's going to take a crisis of the will. One more event will take place that will solidify Peter's faith for good, but it's going to be a doozy. It's the last 24 hours of Jesus' life on earth, and he has called his disciples together for one last meal. While they're eating, Jesus begins talking to Peter, Luke 22, 31 to 34. Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. But he said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you, both to prison and to death. Then he said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny three times that you know me. So we see one last time, Peter still feels a need to tell God his business. His pride is still in the way. Pride dies hard for all of us, not just Peter. You're going to fall, Peter. Nope, I've got this, Lord. I'll never deny you. Matthew reveals Peter's pride even more clearly. Chapter 26, verse 33. Even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Jesus was offering to help Peter through this, but Peter rejected his offer. In his mind, he didn't need it. Peter's still relying on his own abilities, his own strength, his own wisdom. He hasn't learned that success only comes as we learn humility. It's only by God's grace that we can ever succeed. Pride says, I know you're trying to warn me, Lord, but I won't have a problem with this. Humility says, I hear you, God. Thank you for warning me. Please help me navigate this trial. And just in case you don't know the rest of the story, Jesus was arrested in the garden while praying just hours after dinner. Peter followed the guards and waited in the outer courtyard while Jesus was questioned. While he waited, he was asked whether he knew Jesus or not. Three times he was questioned. Three times he denied knowing Jesus. One of the most poignant moments in Scripture for me occurred right then after the third denial when Jesus looked at Peter. When his eyes met Peter's, I can hardly bear the thought of it. Don't look at me now, Jesus. I failed you. My name will never be Peter. I'll be Simon for the rest of my life. I can't do this. I can't be who you want me to be. And the crazy thing is, Peter was closer to resembling the man God created him to be at that moment than at any other time. And I'm sure Peter thought the opposite. God has led Peter into and through a crisis of the will, orchestrating events to break Peter's reliance upon his own strength and to reveal his need for dependence upon God's strength. Now Peter was ready. The needed transformation in his heart and mind has finally occurred. Until we let go of our pride, let go of our fear, let go of our false beliefs, let go of our need for control, our need to be right, God can't work through us. We're in the way. We don't have to be perfect, really. We're never done with control issues or pride and false beliefs, but we at least need to be certain 
those things are a problem and a barrier to being effective in the life God has called us to live. I want to share two postscripts before I sign off today. After Jesus' resurrection and before he returned to heaven, he remembered Peter. He didn't leave until he let Peter know that he still had his love and an important place in his ministry. You can read that account in John 21, 15 to 19. But I believe in those three declarations of love called out by Jesus, a great redemption and restoration took place. Feed my sheep, Jesus said. Now that we've been through the storm together, Peter, let's get to work. I have things for you to do. Peter's story is simply too big for one podcast, but if you'll read Acts 2-5, to you'll get to see Peter the Rock in action. The amazing man God made Peter to be is now evident for all to see. He's in full swing. He's always had the gifts and the makings, but he had to learn humility and give control to God in order to be ready to serve. Peter's greatest failure was the stepping stone for his greatest ministry. Abandon yourself to Jesus. It will lead to great things for you too. All scripture is from the New King James Version, unless otherwise stated. Thank you for listening to Cindy Sherwood's podcast. Visit us on the web at hishealinglight.org to learn more about our ministry. Please consider rating us on iTunes or your other favorite music app. God's best to you today.